I'm Eric Enga, and this is SEO in 2023. Eric, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023? It's an oldie but goodie, and it's, but it, it changes all the time, and that's what makes it so good, which is it's just so incredibly important to truly internalize what Google's trying to do with their updates and map their your strategy, your SEO strategy to fit into that so that as Google evolves and releases new algorithms and updates that they just generally speaking favor you and you and you grow along with them. So, you know, the, the short form of it is sort of get in line with the program and, and stop fighting it, embrace it and accept it for all it's worth. So I, I, I guess get in line with the program is the more um, common way to put it. But you, you shared with me a phrase beforehand, which is it's critical to understand the entity maps for your market space. So I, I was keen to actually pick apart that phrase a little bit. So, I mean, what, what does the entity marks for your market space actually mean? Yeah, uh, great question. So, and I'm going to just give a little bit of a preamble and then I'll get into that, which is, you know, ultimately Google receives from the user uh, a user query. It's, you know, a few words, uh, uh, might even be one word, rarely more than seven, except if it's a long natural language phrase. But but still, it's not a lot of information for Google to figure out what a user is trying to do. But that phrase represents the start of a journey. And don't get me wrong, there, there are some times that user searches on something and they just want directions to the local pizza shop and the whole journey begins and ends with a single step. That's exceedingly rare in most of our interactions with users. And so what Google wants to do is really map out that journey. And they want to actually understand all the things that are implied uh, by, by a, uh, a specific phrase. You know, for example, we can pick a good common phrase like digital cameras. Literally millions of different potential paths that users could go down. To truly satisfy a user, what Google needs to do is actually understand what all those different journeys are. And this is where the concept of entity maps comes in because Google wants to understand all the relationships, uh, potential things that users might be interested in through that whole journey that they go through. And they map that. They start with entity maps by understanding all the relationships between things and people and, and time and nature and all, you know, all kinds of aspects of things that they build these complex maps to understand how things are interrelated because they know that those user journeys tend to travel around those entity maps. What that means for us is if Google is very centered on understanding this and wrapping that into their algorithm, they're going to want to rank sites that do a good job of doing the same thing. They want to show people who really understand their users and know how to build a, a map of all the potential user needs those users have provide content and solutions to address all of those needs. That's the home run for Google when they find sites that have done that. So I probably made that sound more complicated than I needed to, but uh, that that was my attempt to answer that question. Well, that was great, but it also made me want to ask a follow-up question, and, and that was, um, does Google actually personalize entity maps based upon perceived user journey stage? So, stage. so using digital cameras, your, your example, if they perceive that a user is just um, in the discovery phase, will they just show them review sites? If they perceive that they're nearly ready to purchase, will they show them sites that um, are ready to, 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 to sell them something? I don't think they're fully there yet. I do think they would love to 
be able to get that far down the path gets a little bit tricky because of privacy concerns as to how much can Google can track. But what I see Google doing well now is they're mapping sort of statistical distribution, the probability that a user is, you know, early stage, mid stage, you know, late stage, or even if all they want to know is the history of digital cameras, right? Which is kind of a wholly different journey. So what they're trying to do now is they're trying to show at the appropriate ratio level, you know, solutions or search results that allow users, regardless of what path they're on, to find what they need. So that's why you'll see search results have a mix of informational responses, competitive comparison responses, if it's a shopping related query, yeah, and, and everything in between, right? So at the moment, trying to handle it through offering up the, an appropriately designed menu to let people take the journey they want. So what are some of the key ways that um, an SEO can try to ensure that their brand appears at the right stage in entity maps and if effectively giving Google confidence, confidence that it should be featured uh, as much as possible? The main thing that I've worked with people to do uh, as relates to this is go through the same exercise. You have a class of customers that you're, whose needs you're trying to meet, map out what those needs are, find out what they are, talk to customers talk and prospective customers, talk to your customer service people if you have, have them in, in your company or your marketing people, look at site search to see what users are typing in, do keyword research and do you know a really thorough job of mapping all the various need sets that uh, apply to your organization. You know, based on this, what you could do is then evaluate your site and, and see how well are you addressing a wide range of those need sets. You could make like Google here and think through, okay, what percentage of user needs am I satisfying? And you could try to estimate the math, or you could do the simpler thing and look at analytics and things like bounce rate, time on site and page views per visit and repeat visits and things like that. And those are all good things to do, but better understanding your prospective customer's journey and how you can, with your organization, best help them with that journey is the exercise. And the things that I mentioned are all various tool sets that you can use to gather the data. And then you need to dig into the hard work of figuring out what you need to do, what pages you need, what content you need, you know, what other services you might need. So it's a little bit of a journey on its own. And then to build that content plan to really take full advantage of your, your entity maps and appearing at the right time, the right place for the, the right customer. How do you decide on simple things like keyword phrases, the, the, the type of content to use to ensure that you're resonating as effectively as possible to your target market? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, I, I do tend to start with keyword research because it's like immediate and at your fingertips and doesn't involve other people and you can collect a lot of initial data. And I think that's a, a very useful place to start. You're gonna to need to filter that out some because as we know, keyword research will come back and potentially have some very, very similar phrases and you need to sort of break it down into what really are the sort of the root phrases. You know, you don't, you don't need credit review and review credit. What are your thoughts on zero volume keywords? Because through 
great conversations with sales teams, customer service teams, and um, do, doing other research to find longer tail keyword phrases online. You can come up with great questions and phrases, but any uh, keywords research tool will probably tell you it doesn't have any search volume. So do you write for your clients, um, ignoring keyword volume sometimes? Uh, the, the short answer to your question is yes. The Just to add a little bit to it, my belief is that Having pages that address the long tail needs of clients, even if they have zero search volume, is critical to ranking on the head term with the page that you've designed to rank for the head term. The concept that I'm bringing out here, and it's a really important for one for us to internalize in SEO, stop thinking that SEO is only about the page that you're currently on. So if you have a, cam- a page for digital cameras, use my earlier example, you're the, the 150 other pages you have that relate to the digital camera journey is helping that page about digital cameras rank for digital cameras. So the interaction of all these things is together. So you can't just look at something and say, oh, there's zero search volume. It's a waste of time to create that. Actually creating a lot of pages that meet a number of user needs, real user needs, even though it looks like there's zero search volume, it's going to help that head term rank on the page designed to rank on the head term. That's a great point. Uh, effectively, any page that's currently indexed by Google is an opportunity to build more authority towards the pages that you actually do want to rank for keywords with volume that you've targeted already. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the fact that many customers don't necessarily visit websites that often and perhaps find out about brands through third-party sites or even directly on the SERP or interact on social media. Is there an effective way to measure the value of that interaction and the impact that it actually has on the decision to visit the site and finally make a purchase? Or is that always going to be just quite tricky to to measure? Uh, Well, I mean, there are ways, of course, to set up your analytics to track from data source uh, what, uh, you know, where users initially came from and and making sure that you've got things set up to to track all the touches involved in an eventual conversion is actually a really important activity. Of course, there are some businesses where things are, you know, sort of always highly transactional, but there's most businesses, there's usually multiple steps in the journey. So you mentioned social media, for example. It's an interesting one because it's a really tough investment for a lot of companies to to do effectively because getting real value out of social media is quite tricky. Unless you happen to be one of those businesses, which maybe it's highly visual or something like that, that lends itself to to doing extremely well on social. But uh, yeah, I mean, the main thing I would be concerned about is uh, track it and evaluate what activities are bringing the best results. Test and learn. So um, you shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEOs shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? Something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023. If you think about my initial tip, what I didn't really explain was, okay, so if I'm busy understanding these user journeys and everything, you know, what's the rest of the now what to that? Short answer to that is probably means you should create a lot of content and address a lot of long tail phrases. Nothing about the helpful content update, by the way, makes me think any differently about that. But the flip side of that is don't spew content. It's not about that. You know, again, you have to get back to this center of it's about user needs. How are you using your site and your content to meet user needs? Of course, be SEO smart. 
uh, so that you can get the rankings you want from that content, uh, or at least the rankings you deserve. But, but don't just spew content out there. You'll get yourself in a world of hurt. The rankings you deserve. Love it. Eric Enka is president at Pilot Holding, and you can find him over at pilotholding.com. Eric, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thanks so, so much for having me, David. Appreciate it. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com.